you're listening to Hot Talks with Danya and Matt. Uh, before we start today, though, I just want to give a heads up to all the listeners that uh, we're going to be talking about some pretty explicit, maybe triggering stuff, uh, maybe like drug use, some potty language and such. Uh, so if those things aren't really your cup of tea, no worries. We'll see you in the next one. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce a guy that has been through it all and come out uh, mostly okay. Yeah, he's, he's all right. Uh, he's going to be 10 years sober soon. He's my cousin and a great friend. Please welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, Justin. That's me. We snap. <laughs> that's you. How are you? I'm good. Just ate some spaghetti. Yeah, that's kind of become the key food for our guests. Because Kiski's last week, he also had some of Matt's famous spaghetti. So I think we're just going to keep that going. Yeah, I really love the ragu sauce. <laughs> Don't you dare <laughs> insult my sauce. <laughs> Uh, so today we kind of, we talked last week about personal stories. I think we're just going to keep that going with the podcast. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know if anyone, if you know, Justin, you may not know this about him, but he used to do drugs as the kids call it these days. Um, hard drugs <laughs> as the kids call it these days. I tried re reefer once or twice. <laughs> Well, let me also say this. For those that don't know, Matt and I, we very much say no to drugs. We're we're drinkers, you know, we're not really smokers. Um, so I, I don't even know what reefer was. <laughs> Marijuana. Oh. oh my god. I don't I'm telling you, I don't I am not in the drug life. I don't know the street words. You're so innocent. I am. Reefer is like a term from the nineteen fifties. Yeah, it's really old. Okay, well that mean okay, I'm from nineteen ninety five, so <laughs> Okay, uh, so let's let's pull some stories out of you. Now we 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 grew up in the '90s, early 2000s. You and I, we did pretty close to the same age. We're like what a few months apart, just a few months. Yeah. yeah, and you know we spent a lot of time when we were young, between like five and ten, hanging out all the time, spending the night at each other's houses, playing games, doing all that good stuff. And then after that, I feel like we just kind of kind of drifted away. So I feel like a lot of that has to do with. The drugs, because I was so straight edge, and you were hanging out with much cooler people than me, and I was just a big dork. Yeah, they were super cool. <laughs> At the time. Um, so would you mind telling us, uh, like, your first experiences, dipping your toe in the, the pool, as it were? Um, so the first time I smoked weed, it was the summer between, like, fourth and fifth grade. Fourth and fifth grade? Oh, you were... Yeah. You're young. Um, I was actually, I think, at one of your baseball games at Palo Verde. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> some eighth grader had sold me some weed. Um, so me and my, uh, I call him my brother. It was uh, a kid my mom took in when we were younger, um, Robbie. Some eighth, some eighth grader sold us some weed. And so we went to that baseball game and smoked weed for the first time out of a can. <laughs> Did you know at all what you were doing? Have you, like, seen other people smoke weed? I had no, not at all. Okay. So like where a, did you get the idea of a can? The eighth grader told us how to do it. Oh, it came with instructions? <laughs> yeah, he was a nice guy. <laughs> how much How much did he charge you? I don't remember. I think we paid, like, 30 bucks for, like, some, some dirt weed. <laughs> and it was probably not even a gram, which, uh, like, you know, like, when you're buying dirt weed, 30 bucks should get you an ounce. <laughs> We don't know how much. I don't that, know. Is that yeah. a lot? Is that is that a lot of? Uh, study the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like a, a pretty good size Ziploc bag full. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you. So how did it progress from there? Like, did you did you have a good time? Did you want to do it so again? So we we did have fun. We both went home and uh, like we split ways after the baseball game. And wait, how did I do at the baseball game? Couldn't tell you. I was <laughs> I was at that school Palaverde in in the back smoking weed. <laughs> Damn, you but didn't I'm, even watch me. <laughs> but, but I'm guessing you did badly. Probably. You're a terrible baseball player. <laughs> Um, did, wait, did you actually get high? From what I remember, yeah. I mean, it was fourth grade, so that's a, that was a long time ago. But I know uh, we both went home, and our parents told us how we ate so much food because uh, when we got home, they knew. <laughs> really? Yeah, we both got in trouble. Wait, what did your mom say? Uh huh. Sorry, mom, but I'm telling the story. She punched me square in the face. <laughs> oh shit. my god! <laughs> Damn. She was pissed. <laughs> That's one way to spank, I guess. She wasn't impressed. <laughs> and probably a little scared I would turn out like my dad. <laughs> Which is bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's bad. <laughs> what if Frank listens to this? Oh, well. Were you in contact with your dad at this time? No, I don't believe so. Oh, so he wouldn't have known? No. Oh, what would he have said? I couldn't tell you. He wasn't around then. They're like acquaintances. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't see him for like 10 years, probably from the age of eight to 18. So anyways, uh, that was the first time. How did, how did it progress from there? So from there, I didn't smoke weed again or do any drugs or drink or anything. I mean, maybe like stole a sip of my mom's beer, you know, right? but nothing, nothing insane, you know, just being an, a curious kid really after that. And then from there, I think I started smoking weed pretty regularly in seventh grade. And we would go to a friend's house every weekend, and his dad had a pretty big liquor cabinet that I think we turned mostly into water. <laughs> <laughs> so they would they would drink the booze and then replace what they drink with water. Ah, I'm a, we I'm learned a though. Slow. We learned though that you keep a little bit in there so you can keep the color. Wow. <laughs> Tips and tricks here. Oh my god, so young though. So the punch in the face. It helped you stay away from drugs for a little bit, but it clearly didn't. Yeah, I mean, I was grounded for the summer. I didn't have a good time that summer. I wasn't allowed to do much, except, funny enough, I was allowed to go to Robbie's because he was also grounded. <laughs> so I'd go to his house all the time and hang out and play video games. But other than that, we weren't allowed to like go do anything. If I went over there, it's because my mom was at work and... Um, she just needed to know where you were at. Yeah. So a lot of people talk about weed being, you know, the the gateway drug. That's kind of what we learn in school. Would you agree with that? No, not at all. No. What's your take on it? I feel like you know, I, I know, I know a lot of people um, that just smoke weed and they're they're fine for their whole life. They can smoke weed. They can put it down. They can walk away from it. Um, for me, I think it's kind of, uh, I would say, maybe in, like already in your head to become that person, almost. You know, child like you people. A lot of people have childhood trauma. You don't. You don't hear of too many people doing drugs, like hard drugs, that didn't have childhood trauma. I mean, it's out there that it exists, but uh, like, uh, like like people on like the opioid crisis with all the pills and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes it just kind of happens that way. But I've I've read in articles about how you know they they've linked certain genes to addiction. Really? Yeah. And so they think that you can be predisposed to to addiction, which I believe, um, I mean, Matt knows our family. Um, you know, we <laughs> have run through us a little bit. Yeah, we have alcoholics on his side of the family. And then uh, on my dad's side of the family, I think, uh, besides my grandpa, we all really like drugs. 
Yeah, I've heard that too. That's actually a big reason why um, I don't really drink. I mean, I'll, I'll drink, but I'm not a big drinker, especially with beer, because, you know, alcoholics in my family, and I've always been scared that, I don't know, I guess I always thought like, oh my God, if I drink beer, like I'm going to become an alcoholic too. And I, for the most part, pretty much stayed away from it. But I mean, as I'm older, I'm okay. Like I can add two, two drinks max and I'm good. Well, as I got older and I got to know my family, you know, and my family history, and I, I kept doing drugs and, and drinking and doing things like that. And uh, I almost felt like it was my destiny. Like, that's what I was meant to do. <laughs> Fate has chosen this for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. But looking at your family, why didn't it steer you away? Why didn't you ever feel like, oh, I don't want to be like that at all? I mean, I had a lot of uh, a lot of things happen in my childhood where oh, okay. uh, I just never felt good enough. I never felt like I fit in anywhere. And uh, when I would drink and do drugs, I, f- I felt like I belonged. I found my, my, my calling, you know? Yeah, your place. Yeah, that's, that's where I fit in. I don't think we've ever talked about this before. You, you never asked. It's <laughs> <laughs> deep, it's deep. Okay. So when did you do heroin? Um, well, I started out with uh, Oxycontin when I was 16. Um, Wait, what's Oxycontin? It's an opiate. It's a painkiller. Painkiller, yeah. Okay. Um, they, they normally give it like a... You were on Oxycontin after you your know, foot surgery. It was probably Oxycodone. Oh, yeah. Oxycontin. Was that the Percocet? Yeah. Is that Percocet? Oh, okay. Yeah, basically. Um, the brand name Oxycontin, I don't even know if they sell those anymore. They got uh, sued for causing addiction. But um, when I was a kid, that's that's what we did. Um, they came in like a time release form, and you'd put it in your mouth, and you'd suck off the time release, and then you could crush it up and snort it. <laughs> Oh, man. And so uh, when I was 16, I think those were going for like 20 bucks a pill. I found them for five. And so it was just like a cheap high that me and my friends could could get because I had this cool connect. And uh, so we started doing Oxycontin pretty regularly just because it was easy and cheap. I think by the time we were 17 or 18, um, we were using heroin pretty regularly because we didn't have that connect anymore. And 20 bucks a pill is very expensive. And heroin was a much cheaper option. And so these, uh, like the people that were selling you the drugs, they were also teaching you how to do it. Like, would they approach you or would you approach that? No, I just, uh, I knew this person in high school that her mom had some like debilitating disease. And so she would get prescribed a lot of Oxycontin. So she was just legally prescribed. Yeah, but she wouldn't take it, I guess. Um, And so we would just buy them all up. Jeez, did her mom know that she was selling the pills? I, I couldn't tell you. To be honest, I don't I don't remember. I'm sure I knew at one point. Hopefully not. <laughs> um, but it's actually funny. We lost that connection because um, the girl that we would get it from was like, I think you guys might have a problem. I don't want to sell these to you anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's looking out for you. So she was looking out for us, but we found it cheaper. <laughs> well, it was too late at that point. Yeah. We were all like we would all get sick. Like you get uh, we we're going sick? into. Yeah. It's called, yeah, called dope sick. Um, and when you start going into withdrawals, like your nose starts getting uh, runny and then you get like this really bad, like the worst anxiety you've ever had times that by like a hundred and you know, just a little bit and you'll feel better. Ugh. And so that's kind of what brought us to heroin was just, we didn't want to be sick. Right. Cause that's, cause then doesn't it also like cause like huge body aches all over? Yeah. And- I, I I would. It felt like your bones were trying to get out of your skin, is how we described it. Oof. Yeah. Um. From yeah, it's just it's it's not it's not fun. Not a good time. No. And all you need is just a little bit more heroin, and then you'll feel all good. Yeah, and then you can go on about your day and be normal. Oh boy. But until then, you can be normal. 
I mean, as well, much as you can on drugs. Yeah. I guess, yeah, when I think about I like, your like, bones trying to come out of your yeah, skin. Yeah, like you'll, you'll feel better. Um, and so, you know, normal day tasks are, you're able to do them now. Oh, okay. I guess I'm picturing like what you see in movies when the people are just kind of on the ground and they're not, they're just like with their eyes open or something, just not doing anything. Like just completely like, zonked out. Yeah, like a zombie. I, I mean, that was always was the always goal, thinking. but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's when you've taken like a lot. Yeah, that's uh, that high. was that was the goal, but um, you know, as a kid, that's not always. It, obviously, we we don't have a lot of money, so just getting getting better was was the goal. After a while, just feeling some semblance of normalcy. Yeah. Did your mom know you were doing heroin at um, this time? No, she. Uh, my family found out I was doing oxycotton. I'd already been dabbling with heroin when they found out which I didn't tell them about, but I had accidentally, and I know it doesn't sound like it's true, but I accidentally stole a couple hundred bucks from my mom <laughs> because she would have money that would go into my account. And I just kept, you know, withdrawing money. And, uh, cause it just kept coming out and I was a stupid kid on drugs. And so I was like, Oh, cool. More money. And, <laughs> Pretty uh, money. Yeah. My mom was pissed because, you know, we, we used that to pay the bills and all the money was gone. And she, I was like, what's this about? And I knew I had a problem at the time. And so uh, I told her about it, my problem. She tried to get me help, but I was young. I wasn't ready for it. You just keep wanting to have, I guess, quote unquote fun. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't ready. I, my life wasn't bad yet. I was still in high school. I was still getting decent grades. Things were, things weren't bad. But you knew you had a problem? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. We all knew. Like me and all my friends knew we had a, had a drug problem, but we thought it was fun. Was there any friends that were like, yo, maybe you should not do this. Like, you definitely getting addicted or... Shout out to Jordan on that one. <laughs> Jordan? Who's Jordan? I don't know Jordan. Jordan is... Uh, he's one of my friends since fourth grade. He was the... Uh, one of our only smart friends. I mean, we had a couple, but... Um, that, you know, was not about doing a bunch of drugs. I mean, he still hung out with us. He drank with Just us. Just a little bit. I mean, he, he, he smoked weed and stuff like that, but wasn't... Uh, you know, into drugs. Drugs, drugs. Yeah. We just like a you, you get home and chill drug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so he, he was probably uh trying to be our guiding light, but a lot of us didn't come from like the best background and you know, that's where we found found our comfort. And what did you say to him? Were you just like, Nah, I'm gonna keep having fun? Uh yeah, basically. Uh like stop being stupid, dude. You should try it. Oh, you were trying to get him to do it? Yeah, everybody. Mm. I didn't realize the path we were all heading down at the time. How could you? Really? <laughs> I mean, we were 16, 17 years old. Yeah. 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 You were a kid. We were just trying to have fun and, and feel okay. So, you know, opioids and, and heroin, those are all downers. Did you did you do other stuff like uppers? and? Um, I mean, in high school, we, we dabbled with Coke. It wasn't, it was expensive. And we liked our, we liked our opiates and... Um, I mean, we did a lot of ecstasy in high school and, and mushrooms. I don't think I did acid ever in high school. That was probably later. Um, but, you know, like rave drugs. We went to a lot of raves, ketamine, stuff like that. The feel-good stuff. Yeah, like the, the fun party drugs. Right. Um, as uppers in high school. Nothing nothing uh, too hard there. Did your high school have an issue with students? Like, in, you know, all the kids doing drugs? Or was it just kind of your group of friends? I mean, I'm sure other groups in the high school probably did drugs. I don't know if... Back then, I don't think we really, like, the opioid crisis wasn't talked about. It wasn't really a thing yet that people talked about. Like, when I first started, um, me and my friend were probably the first ones to do that, to do heroin. And we didn't know anyone else that did it. 
even the person we got it from at the time wasn't doing he was uh, doing heroin. He yeah, no, it. he just knew where to get it. <laughs> so it sounds like getting drugs is mostly more, like who you know. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you go out there and you can search and find it. It's not hard. Right. Because I know when I was in high school, like multiple times just walking home from school, people were like, hey, you trying to get some weed? Are you trying to do an eight ball? Are you trying to get stuff? Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's there. It's like, everywhere. Dude, I'm just... I'm just trying to get home. I just got out of class. <laughs> oh, well. That's never happened to me. No one's ever openly said, like, hey, do you want want to buy some weed? Want to do some drugs or something? Oh, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends also who you hang out with. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, you kind of are who your friends are, I guess. Yeah, but there were definitely kids in high school, I remember, that would be snorting cocaine in the bathroom. And I'd be like, whoa, what? Like, that was just so extreme to me. I don't know. Because like, uh, we were just kids, and it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's dangerous in yeah, school, you know? Yeah, was, we were doing things in high school that, like, I don't think a lot of other kids were probably doing at the time. <laughs> I think now heroin and, and I guess the thing's fentanyl now, fentanyl. Um, which wasn't really, like... Uh, that wasn't a thing back then. No, it was literally for, like, people that were dying when I was growing up. That's, they gave it to, like, dying people that were in like, severe pain. Um, it wasn't just like in everything. Right. What about meth? Um, I didn't try meth until after high school. Um, I had this weird thing and I think a lot of my friends did too, where we were like, yeah, we do heroin, but at least we're not tweakers. Like we thought we were better than them. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. It was, it's super weird. So like we didn't have pics, pics on our faces, you know, pick marks and our teeth weren't falling out. So we were better than them. Every time I think of meth, I think of those commercials that was like, not even once, you know? <laughs> I don't know if you remember those back in the day, and it would... Oh, I remember. Yeah. But... I, I can't be away from drugs. I was like, oof, no way, man. My moneymaker? No way, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, you get to, uh, like, we got, we all, I think most of my friends probably have been on meth binges, you know, after after that. I know I did. I did. But like we would use it to like uh, in later in life. Like I don't know well about everybody, but for me personally, I would uh, use meth to kick heroin. Really? Yeah. Holy to what? Shit. To kick heroin? To get off of it. To get through the sick. Oh. So you just stay up for like four days. So how how does that work? You just stay awake and just yeah, feel like crap because heroin or well yeah you kind of you still feel like crap but you stay awake long enough where you can at least sleep for a good twenty you know hours or so. Oh my god! And you can sleep through some of it and you know the first part can be a little fun I guess. <laughs> that was my my sick thinking. Did it work? Kind of yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I always got I always went back. So I know we talked a little bit about obviously you started so young you were um, when you were doing heroin but you you mentioned you had a job how was that like how were you able to to work and, and be getting high and, and doing all these hard drugs. So my first job I ever got was freshman year where I wasn't doing a lot of drugs or anything. I mean, I'd be smoked weed here and there freshman year, but, and drank with my friends on the weekends, but nothing, nothing crazy. I ended up quitting that job because I was failing all my classes because I wouldn't go to school because I would work all night. Um, and so then I got another job. I want to say my sophomore year, the end of my sophomore year. At a, at a restaurant and we had a boss who basically like as long as we were working he didn't care what we did so 
uh, me and one of my buddies would like keep a bottle in the walk-in or just go outside and smoke weed. We'd close down the restaurant and be sitting at the bar at 16 drinking and like snorting pills right off the bar. Oh my God. And uh, so I definitely like helped me fuel that uh, that beginning of my addiction just because I had people there to buy me booze, if not steal them from the bar itself. And then, you know, a lot of the other people there were we're also doing drugs. And so it was just like, it was easy to get. So, and then our manager there, as long as we were working, he didn't give a shit what we were doing. Wow. You guys were just a bunch of kids. No, we would get him drugs too. He was a nice guy. Oh my God. <laughs> He's a good guy. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah. So that helped, uh, you know, kick off that, that addiction. When you were deep into it in your addiction, when was it when you couldn't even keep a job or the whole time were you able to have a job? I kept a job mostly the whole time. I quit a job. One of the the first time I went to rehab, I quit a job, and then for like the next year, I could never actually get a job. I, I probably went into interviews looking like you know track marks up and down my arm and looking gaunt and gray, and so no one would hire me. Looking like a drug addict. Yeah, looking like a straight drug addict, like crawling off. You you know probably hadn't showered in days and going into an interview, <laughs> thinking I look good. Thinking you killed it. Yeah, I was like, I totally get in that job. <laughs> <laughs> Probably falling asleep and, you know, during the interview. Nodding off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. How many times did you try to stop? My first uh, time ever going to detox was my senior year of high school. Um, I went to detox for five days where they uh, had a... I actually went with my best friend who was also doing heroin at the time. And so we actually went together. It was uh, my senior year. I think he had dropped out already and how many times so one i don't know a lot i mean by myself and with rehab quite a few i was always trying to tell myself i could stop did you have people telling you to go or a lot of it was it self-motivated like i need to stop i need no, to stop like um, your mom telling you most of it was family motivated yeah a lot of interventions matt were you part of those no matt didn't talk to me then i didn't we, we weren't cool then i was so uh, straight edge that i was just like Forget about this guy. He sucks. He's probably going to die soon. So, Aww. He, and he was an asshole. Nope. He was an asshole. Family worry about him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was an asshole. That, that, that's what yeah, no, I don't like Yeah, you really only care about yourself. Yeah. I'm well, not it. even care about yourself. You just really only care about getting high. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, if you cared about yourself, you probably wouldn't be getting high. And then at, at family functions, when you were there, were you also sneaking off, getting high and stuff? Yeah, definitely. I remember, um, I think it was an Easter at my grandma's house. Um, you know, everyone's enjoying Easter. And so I get there and I immediately go to my grandma's bathroom, do a bunch of heroin, and then just go pass out in her uh, in her bedroom the entire time. I don't even think I ate with the family. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, you were there. You knew exactly what he was doing. Like, did everybody know? I had no idea and I didn't care. I was like, Justin's probably, he's doing his own thing. He's doing drugs. Forget that guy. Yeah. I got better things to worry about, like playing football. <laughs> Being with the family. No, football. Football. <laughs> I'm glad I met you now. I can't imagine you being like that and like being an asshole. Well, and he had like, what was that? What was that hairstyle? Oh, like the scene kid hair? The, the, the scene, yeah. He had that long black hair that went down to uh, his chin. I've seen pictures, yeah. That hair was sick. Dork. Bring it back. <laughs> I saw it at Grammy's house, just like um, how my cousin Kiskis is the favorite, and Matt's family. It's Justin. Yeah, I'm <laughs> he's the, the favorite. favorite. That's true. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone loves Justin. Somehow, the black sheep's the favorite. <laughs> so, uh, 
how long would you, I mean, not counting like fourth and fifth grade, but like how long would you say that you did drugs? So, I mean, if you count regularly smoking weed, I started. Let's not count that. Okay. So I probably started using um, like opiates and, and other harder drugs from the time I was 16. And I got clean on December 11th, 2011. So about four years of hard drug use. That's not terrible. No. That's probably why you're relatively normal nowadays. Yeah, just a little bit of a <laughs> short-term memory problem. Just a little bit. <laughs> tell them the story eight times to one person. During that time, like, what was, like, the craziest thing that happened? To you? Craziest thing that happened to me. Um, I mean, there's some things I probably can't talk about. Okay, nothing that's going to get you put in jail. <laughs> <laughs> craziest thing? Um, probably my overdose. I had a... I overdosed in a friend's car. Um, I was going to get... I, I was newly fresh out of rehab. By that, I mean I left rehab. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you in rehab? I think I stayed for the actual whole thing, and then I was in a halfway house for, I think, th- two months, maybe? I think I was like... Th- I, I had like three months clean at the time. Mm. And then Basalta just came out, and I always wanted to try everything, right? Oh, God. <laughs> um, so I gave those a whirl, and then uh, back to heroin I went um, pretty quickly. And by pretty quickly, I mean probably like the next day. Uh, and I was in my buddy's car. My uh, Someone in my family gave me some money and a needle. And I went and picked up heroin. And then I was meeting, going to meet them again back so they could pick me up and take me with them. So I wasn't on the street. Jeez. And uh, I overdosed in the car on the way to the park. Uh, on what? Heroin. Heroin. Yeah. You, you said somebody in your family? Someone in my family, Gave yeah. you a needle and heroin? No, money for heroin. Oh, money for heroin? It'd be sweet if they gave it to me. <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be super it cool. <laughs> Any family members out there? Christmas presents. So, wh- wh- why do you think, like, what uh, caused the overdose? I just, um, I went back to, like, a normal, I tried to do a normal dose of heroin, I guess uh, you would say. Like, my normal dose of, like, what I was used to shooting. Before and, you went to rehab for three months? Yeah, before I went to rehab for three months, which wasn't very much. It was like $20 worth of heroin, which I guess, depending on the quality of the heroin, that could easily put you out or not, you know? It just kind of depends because not all heroin's created equal. And uh, I remember I shot the heroin uh, in the car while we were driving, and I took the needle out to hand it to my buddy so he could use it, get his ready. You're not supposed to share needles. Yeah, no one told me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your drug dealers didn't explain the rules. No, no, they weren't. They weren't like no one ever told me about safe drug practices. Weird, huh? And so I remember I took the needle out, I handed it to my friend, and all I got out was I did too. I was trying to tell him I did too much because I'd never felt that good before, and I could just tell by the by the rush the heroin gave me that I'd done way too much. Oh no! And uh, so he races back to where we were meeting that family member. And they poured water on me and uh, beat me up a little bit until <laughs> until that until I started breathing again because when I pulled up I hadn't been breathing. Oh snaps! Yeah, so I mean, no paramedics or anything. They just uh, got me got me breathing again and then just tried to keep me awake for as long as they could until until some of that wore off. Wow! Oh, you didn't go to the hospital? No, uh, my buddy at the time he was on intense probation, and so they didn't want to call the police. That would have been very bad for him. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure if it came down to it, they might have. They probably would have. Well, my family member would have. Why would they call the cops? Well, you call 911, I mean. Would they snitch? Yeah. Damn narcs. (laughs) 
goddamn heroes having a snitch on us. <laughs> Putting us in jail over nothing. Over a little fun. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Yeah. Was that your rock bottom, you would say? No, not at all. I kept going. Not even clubs. Maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I was 19 at the time. I didn't get clean until I was 20. Wow. Almost 21. Oh, I thought, I always heard that you got clean after you overdosed. No, no, not at all. Um, I don't think it was like super long after that, but I kept going for a while. Okay, so then what? at what point did you decide like, hey, I can't do this anymore? I was uh, staying with my uh, brother at the time. Um, not my real brother, the fake one. And, Robbie? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Robbie. Right. And he, uh, me and him were doing quite a bit of meth at the time. And I think I was up for like four or five days and I started going crazy. I I don't remember this, but because um, I was also doing Xanax, which like erases your memory, apparently. Um, good, good combo. Yeah. Xanax is another opioid, right? No, no. It's a, it's called a benzo. Oh, right. It's like anxiety medicine for people that don't know, but it really messes you up. And but you don't remember anything. So it's pretty cool because you can wake up if you're doing meth, you can wake up after like four days and not remember a thing you did. Oh, my yeah, like having, scary. I like uh, when I was living in, I had an apartment after high school. I was with one of my buddies um, and we were doing a lot of meth and Xanax at the time. And I remember I came to, I don't know how many days we were awake, maybe like two, I don't know. And when I woke up finally or like came to, there was just a huge pile of change on my coffee table that I don't remember how we got. <laughs> It was probably like $200 worth of change. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. There was also a trash can slash like a cigarette ashtray thing uh-huh. in my apartment. Don't know where I got that either. Like the kind you see on the side of the street? Yeah. So I probably just picked it up and walked it into my apartment. What's that like to wake up and not remember? Did you even care not remembering? Were you trying to figure out like what happened? No, or did you I just was, go on about your day? No, I was just stoked about all the money on the table. <laughs> More drugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you you smashed a parking meter or something. Uh, probably not. I don't think where I was living there wasn't a lot of parking meters, but who knows? Okay, so you you, you got the change all on the table. That's not the rock bottom. At what what point were you just like you you came to and you're like, man, I I, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna die. Yeah. So back to uh, I was living with uh, my brother Robbie and I was doing the Xanax and the meth and. I guess I was calling my mom, like telling her I was going to die during this time. But you don't remember that? No, no. I uh, I remember her telling me it. We'd been up for a while and, you know, I was just starting to get, you know, get that fun psychosis that meth gives you where nothing makes sense and everything's scary. And so I just kept telling her I, I was going to die. And then I think uh, we came, we finally came down and went to bed after four days, five days, something like that. And I, uh, I called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, like I'm ready to get clean. And I don't know if I was actually ready to get clean or I just really wanted to stop doing meth because the psychosis scared the fuck out of me. Just being up for four and five days. Yeah. Your your brain probably went nuts. Yeah. You start seeing things that aren't there, talking to people that aren't there. You, You think people are after you. Um, they call them shadow people. They become your friends, your scary friends. Oh my God. Yeah. And so uh, I called my mom and I was like, yo, like, I want to get clean. Please just pick me up, please. Like, I, I don't want to do this. And so my mom picked me up and I think I'd only slept a few hours. I couldn't tell you. It could have been longer. And then when I woke up and I was finally like coming down a bit and then she picked me up 
Um, we went back to her house and I know I just w immediately went back to sleep. At this time, I was living out of a black trash bag with clothes on it just because I was balanced around. Like that was all you had to your name? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have anything anymore. I was just kind of bouncing around from place to place, rehab to halfway house to my brother's house to my dad's house. Um, just everywhere. Like I never really had a place to live that that's at this time. And, uh, you know, no one really, no one really wants a, a fucking heroin addict tweaker living with them. It's, it's not a good time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like that. Yeah. I don't think anyone does. Um, and so my mom, I, I think, uh, I, I must've sounded desperate cause my mom didn't talk to me much at this time. I mean, she would call and make sure that I was alive. Well, that's all. That's all she really wanted from me was to know that I was alive. You know, maybe I could talk her into dropping me off a little bit of money here and there, but not much. None, none of the family really, really wanted anything to do with me. Um, but she, I guess yeah, those were dark times. Yeah, I guess I had enough desperation in my voice when I called her that she picked me up and she took me back to her house. I think I slept for like another twenty hours. <laughs> yeah, I'd been up. I think I woke up in between that time, and she had made me a medium-sized pizza, and I just ate all of it because I don't remember the last time I ate before that. Wow. Um, and so I ate all of that, went back to bed and I woke up and my mom's just like sitting there waiting to talk to me, you know, cause I've been sleeping for so long and she's like, you know, we got to figure something out cause he's not living here. And so I'm back in my mom's house and I'm doing, I'm still doing drugs. So I'm just lying to her. She, uh, I'd talk her into buying me booze every day to keep me off drugs, but really it was just to like, you know, keep me okay until I got my next, my next fix. Wow. And she would drop me off at my friend Peach's house because, and she would give him money for like uh, booze and and weed. Like she would hand him the money so she I wouldn't do heroin. She and wanted so, you to just do anything else but heroin. Yeah, she just point. wanted to keep me alive because yeah. um, her thing was like you can stay here, but you need to find like a halfway house or a rehab to go to. And so I strung that out because as long as I could. And I remember I started doing meth again at her house, and. I remember just looking in the mirror and I was just, I was done. I was high on meth. I don't know if I was up for very long on meth, but I just, I remember I was on meth and I looked in the mirror and I was like, man, like I, I can't keep doing this anymore. Like it was just like, it took its toll, like mentally, physically, emotionally. So you just hit like a breaking point. Yeah. Where it was just too much. It was like, too much. This, is, this and, is it. You know, I was like at this time, I'm like ready to die. You know, like being, death is okay. Yeah. You're like, not scared of it anymore. No, like I was shooting uh, when I would shoot heroin. I didn't care how much I shot. Like I wasn't being careful, I guess. Wow. I was careful as a drug addict, you know, trying not to overdose. I was just like, whatever happens, happens. Let's let, let's run it. Wow. And because uh, I knew I couldn't keep living the way I was. But like I was so emotionally broken at the time that I was like. I was hoping to die. I never had like the balls to, to kill myself. Right. Um, but I was ready to die. And then I just, I remember I was looking in the mirror and I was like, man, I, I, I got to do something about this. It's either, either, either I fucking kill myself like on purpose, like go kill myself or I get clean. Like those are, those are my options. I didn't have any other options. Well, I'm glad you took the uh, the, the <laughs> yeah. good one. Well, like I said, I didn't have, I didn't have the balls to actually kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, finally, I I got myself into uh, into a halfway house. It was uh, some like little shitty, uh, not a real halfway house. Just people making money off a of drug addicts type of halfway house. Uh, okay. And so I moved in there. 
Um, I was there the first night and I smoked meth with some of the guys there. And so I was up all night on meth thinking about like, man, I came here to get clean and now I'm high as balls on meth. Like, how did this happen? You know, it's just like any good drug addict. I found the drugs. Right. And it's uh, like your specialty in junk. Yeah, I'm good at it. And so I'm high on meth. And as soon as the sun broke, I called my mom. I'm like, she's got to be getting up for work right now. And I was like, mom, I'm high as fuck right <laughs> as soon now. As the sun rose, she yeah. was up for work? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I just, I remember sitting there in this halfway house high on meth all night and just waiting for the sun to come up so I can like figure something out, you know? So I was like, I can't stay here. I fucking hate these people. And at this time, like, I'm pretty delusional. So I think I'm better than everybody. Like all these other drug addicts, I'm not like them. <laughs> Um, you're, you're above them. Yeah, I was above all the other drug addicts. I was I was better than everybody that did drugs. I don't know. It was just like delusional drug addict thinking. Right. And so, like, I got to get out of here. And so I called my mom, and she's like, well, I'm going to work. There's nothing I can do for you. And I was like, all right, fuck you. And <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, hung a meth. I walked to a halfway house called Crossroads that I had uh, lived at before. And left to get high. I think I'd been kicked out of there as well. I've been kicked out of a, a lot of halfway houses. Probably for doing drugs. Yeah, apparently you're not allowed to do drugs at those places. <laughs> I didn't see the the rule on the wall, though, so, <laughs> you know. It was implied. Yeah, well, they had to, I, I needed a black and white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I walked four miles to Crossroads, high on meth, and I wait for people to start waking up because it's early in the morning. The sun just got up. Yeah, I'm high on meth. <laughs> and so I walk into the office as soon as I see the, the director of the halfway house get there. And I was like, hey, man, can I live here? I want to get clean. And he's like, no, you just don't want to be homeless. You need to keep getting high. Because, you know, I was a punk kid. I was I was 20 years old. I was uh, been kicked out of there before. I proved, I proved uh, time and time again that I wasn't going to get clean. And so he was just telling me exactly probably what I needed to hear. Did he know you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he recognized you. Yeah, yeah. He knew. Like, he knew who I was. Here. I've I've lived there before. I uh, you know I basically burnt that bridge, and uh, so I was like, all right, fuck. So I went in the. There's like we called it liars corner at that halfway house where everyone would smoke because everyone would tell bullshit lying stories. Okay. Um. So it was called liars <laughs> corner because that's what drug addicts do. We lie, you know. Um, and we try and make ourselves seem really cool. It's weird. Like in the young people's community of recovery, a lot of times with like a newly sober people, everyone's like, yeah, I used to do this much drugs. Like you're fucking cool, right? Like you're trying to one up everyone. Yeah. Drugs you used yeah. To. <laughs> but really you're just all fucking losers living at a halfway house. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's like, it's a weird thing, but you know, that's, that's life. And so we, uh, so I went and s sat there and I was smoking and then, uh, this other guy, the house manager walks on. He's like, what are you doing here? I was like, well, I was uh, trying to get clean. And he's like, no, you're just trying not to be homeless. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. No. Um, and I was like, no, like, I really want to get clean. I don't want to be, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, all right, well, I'll see what I can do. And so, you know, I sat at this halfway house all day long. I did not leave. They were like, you need to leave. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't have anywhere to go. Uh, I'm going to prove that I'm ready. And when I walked there, I didn't even take any of my stuff. I just, I was hot meth and I just walked there. Damn. So I didn't have anything. Did you have like your phone and your wallet at least? I don't even know if I had a wallet at the time. I probably lost it. Wow. I was really good. I lost everything. But I know I had a phone. Maybe I didn't have a phone because I think I had to use their phone. 
nah, I probably had a phone. I don't remember. I might have just let it die. Because I remember at the other halfway house where I was talking about meth, I called my mom off their phone. I think they're a landline. I don't know why I remember that. but So maybe my phone was just dead, but I'm pretty sure I had a cell phone. My mom always paid that. She's really cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you're there all day. Yeah, at Crossroads. I'm there all day. I go off on a lot of tangents. Okay. Sorry. I'm there all day. And so finally, that house manager convinced the director of the halfway house to let me in. And uh, I never really looked back. I lived at that halfway house for 10 months. I could have left way sooner than that. It's a four-month program. But I was just... I didn't want to leave. I was like, if I leave, I get high. Like, that's what Like, happened. you were scared to leave almost? Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely scared to leave. Because you knew, I'm going to get high. When I leave, I get high. As, you know, that's that's what happens. That's what's always happened. So yeah. it's going to happen again. And at this time, like, I was I was desperate, you know? I was desperate. I was scared. I was I was done. And it's uh, it was weird. Like I, like, I couldn't tell you I was never going to get high again. I probably still couldn't tell you that. You know, I mean, 10 years down the road, you think you could, but, you know, once you're a drug addict, it's like ingrained in your brain. Right. It's always there. But so, yeah, so I, I, I just never looked back. That's where I I got clean there. And it was pretty cool. I uh, helped some of my other friends get in. Uh, one of my other friends that I grew up with. I'm going to call Kyle out. Shout out, Kyle. Um, <laughs> hey, Kyle. And so Kyle, Kyle was living there with me and uh, which is uh, one of my he's my best friend, man. We. uh we grew up together since eighth grade and we both did drugs together and it, it was cool. Like he, he came to live there and it was, we were both doing pretty good. And, and I was, I was happy finally for like, you know, the first time ever, not, maybe not like totally happy. I was still like working through a lot of, a lot of my childhood shit. And, but like happy without having to be high. Yeah. But like I could feel pretty okay without having to do drugs yeah. for the first time since I was probably ever really. I mean, I remember as a kid, I never felt okay. I never felt like I belonged anywhere. Like even I could be sitting in a room full of family and I was like, I don't belong here. Damn. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. And maybe it's just, you know, I had stuff happened in my childhood that, that could have caused that. But that's another long story. My childhood is <laughs> a good time. Were you helping your friends get sober or were they coming to you because they saw you were getting sober? Kyle did. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle did. Um, he came, he was like, his uh, his dad like had was like fed up with him at this time too, um, and he tried to go move home. And his dad's like, "You're not coming here." And he goes, "Take me to where Justin's at because he's clean." Because I'd seen him months prior at a mutual friend's house, and he's like, "You're clean." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm clean. Like I'm not doing drugs anymore." And it blew his mind because like in my group of friends, like Justin was going to be the one that never quit. Like he was going to be the one that dies. Yeah. Wow. So it blew a lot of people's mind when I got clean because, you know, I was the first one to stick a needle in my arm and my group of friends. I was one of the first ones to start doing heroin. <laughs> first one in, first one out. <laughs> yeah. So first one in, first one out. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, it blew a lot of people's minds that Justin was clean because a lot of my friends, the, the drug addicts always compare to make themselves like justify what they're doing. Right. And so I was like one of those people there. And my friends were like, you know, I'm pretty bad, but. Not Justin. <laughs> Damn. You were the you were the bar. Yeah, I was I was the bar, you know? And so yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So I had Kyle living there with me and I, I worked the uh twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which in it there's a thing called a fourth step where it's basically you write down everyone you've ever wronged, every wrong you've ever done, and everyone that's ever wronged you, and then you share that with somebody. 
and it was like the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Really? Yeah. It was like every like all those deep secrets that you're never gonna tell anybody. And when you're like a little drug addict on the street, there's a lot of those things, you know? Wow. And so there's like things in my childhood that I don't talk about. There's uh, all kinds of, you know, illegal stuff that I I may or may not have done. <laughs> um, allegedly. Yeah, that I allegedly do, I could have done. Um, no well, one knows Allegedly, sure. maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah. No and so um, you write all that stuff down. Wow. And, and then you share it with somebody. So Who did you end up sharing it with? So I, it, took me, it took me a couple times to actually get everything out and be honest. Wow. So the first person was to the house manager at that rehab or halfway house and then the second one was i had my mom had made me go to aa when i was 17 and i had met a guy there who was he was probably like six seven years older than me and he'd been clean probably a year and i met him there and he was uh so i called him and i was like hey man like i really need to do another fourth step like i still have shit that's that i couldn't that i haven't told anybody and like i need to get this shit out because it's you know I still think about it. And so we, uh, so I sat down with him at a coffee shop after I'd written down everything. And that's when I really like let everything out. And which is called a fifth step. Actually, it's the fifth step is sharing. Sharing. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I finally did like a real one and like the sense of relief I felt like I had never felt anything like that before. Just letting it all out. Yeah. Like, holy shit. All this stuff I've kept in someone fucking knows. It was it was crazy, you know. It was like I didn't have to hold on to that anymore. It's like just letting off all the pressure. Yeah. Wow. It was like like almost like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, and then it was gone. How did that feel? Terrible. I hated it. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it was the. Uh, it was honestly, I don't think I've ever felt anything like that relieving in my life. I'm gonna tell you, heroin is super relieving, <laughs> especially when you're sick. <laughs> wow. and you know slowly i i was like i became happy i became okay with myself i could feel okay in a room full of people not feel like you you didn't belong yeah yeah and i definitely found like a, a sense of belonging in aa which i don't part- really participate in aa anymore um like if someone comes to me and they need help like i'm definitely there i'll always i'll always be there for for yeah. the guy still struggling that's one thing i really admire about you is how willing you are to help anyone and everyone that comes or that needs it you know? yeah 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 and so like i'll definitely always do that and it and i'll like i'll always be grateful to a but it's just not something i do anymore i felt like i needed to like move on with my life and and not make every you know i didn't need a weekly reminder that i'm a drug addict i can i can remember that on my own <laughs> i remember <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so it's uh it's pretty cool. I'm almost uh, 30. Never thought I would make it this uh, this old. A lot of us didn't think that. I, I was trying not to make it this old. I remember I was, uh, my mom's like, why don't you just get clean at like one point in my life? And I was just like, no, nah, like I meant to die with a needle in my arm. Like that's, that's what I'm doing. And so it's just like, it still blows my mind. It almost feels like that part of my life was, was like, it's like super surreal. That part of my life. Like, like a, a memory almost like a, a dream. A dream. Yeah. yeah. Like, like now I couldn't think about stuff you know, pushing heroin into my vein. Like, it's just not even a, a reality. No, no, not at all. It's it's like it, crazy. It, it can't be. Like, it's weird because drugs are still always in, like, the back of my mind. Uh-huh. But the actual, like, action of doing drugs just seems so, like, 
It's like a fantasy. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not even a, th- a, a real thing I could do. That's good. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, really, that's really good. Cool. I haven't heard it put like that before. So now that you're sober, I think you can. Are you able to look back and see? I mean, obviously, for most people, it was a negative, negative thing you were doing for your friends and your family. Who did? Would you say? Did you think it was your mom that it affected the worst? Probably. Yeah, I put my mom through hell. Um, love you, mom. <laughs> I'm like the biggest mama's boy. Yes. Um, so like every time I crushed my mom, it hurt so much, you know? Um, but the drugs were always more important and they, they were, and they were always going to be until I, until I decided I, I wanted to stop. You know, my mom paid $5,000 my senior year for me to go to detox. And I remember telling her like, you're wasting your money. Wow. And uh, I was like, I mean, I can stop for a while. I didn't, I don't think I told her. I, I probably lied and said, I'll just stop. Um, but I told her she was wasting her money. But yeah, I put my mom through so much hell. She, uh, it's funny looking back now, I could see her going crazy. Like literally like she was not okay. I'm surprised her hair isn't all gray now. Uh, I think she dyes it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't gray back then. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't call her out. <laughs> No, I don't think she actually has gray hair, but she probably does dye it. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely put my mom through a lot of hell. And my sister, you know, they uh, they tell a story about how they're her, my stepdad, my um, and my sister. They were all drunk, <laughs> and uh, they were laying on the floor at my mom's house, and like my sister and my mom were all just like they were all laying on the ground crying. Wondering like when I was gonna die. Jesus. Yeah, I was like, thanks for that story. I That's appreciate pretty it. Morbid, isn't yeah. It? <laughs> I mean, it was true. Like it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't a if. It was a when right. at the time. You know. And that's crazy because like I had totally written you off. Yeah, you hated me. I did. <laughs> I mean, we and it sucks because like we were like best friends growing up. Yeah, but we're best friends now. It, it all came back. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's hard to imagine Matt like not liking you and you guys not talking. Like it's crazy because I've met you obviously like four years ago. When you and Matt first started dating is probably when we actually became friends again. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like I, Matt still talked to me, but we weren't like we weren't hanging out or anything. yeah. We just weren't on. We were the, just like I was like, hey, good for him, you know. Yeah, glad he's doing better. But it wasn't like we weren't like friendly, friendly. Because and, and that would, I mean, you'd been clean for like four years at that point, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That was the first thing he told me about you. He like told me a quick little recap of you, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's uh. Actually, Larissa, my wife, she, uh, that's how she started with her family. Oh, he's an ex-heroin addict. And so no one liked me right <laughs> off the bat. That was the, the first thing she said. Yeah. I was like, why, why would you tell them that? <laughs> but it's definitely part of my past. And I think, uh, if I forget that, that's where, that's where I mess up again. Right. So did you, like, once you got clean, did you ever see yourself having a wife, having a, I mean, I don't know if. Can I say that you have a baby on the way? Shh. <laughs> we only told people like months ago. Okay. <laughs> having a baby on the way, having your own house. Like, did you ever think that was going to be possible 10 years ago? No. I, uh, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't planning on living to 30 and here I am turning 30 next week. Um, so my life is, is pretty like, it's crazy. It's so crazy. The, the turnaround that you've had. Yeah. To think where I was, you know, 10 years ago. And where I'm at now, like, like, uh, it blows my mind, honestly. If I actually sit down and think about it, it's, it's awesome. I'm like, uh, it's weird to say, but I'm proud of myself. 
You that should is not be. weird to say. You should well, definitely it's be proud not, of yourself. I don't feel like people will just sit, like stand around and be like, I'm proud of myself. Okay. Well, no, no <laughs> one normalize that. I don't think. Yeah, we would, should normalize that, right? No one would be proud of like where you were at back then, but where you're at now is something you absolutely should be proud of. You've come such a far away, and it's like just because you made the choice, like you were so persistent, you were like, this is it. I'm going to die. Or I'm going to get clean. Yeah. Like, this is, there's no other, I'm out of options. Yeah. And you chose to get clean. Yeah. Like, that's a willing choice. Like, hundreds of thousands of people don't choose that. I mean, um, I wouldn't say they don't choose it. It kind of pisses me off. A lot of people think that, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, mad at you. You're mad at me. I hate you. He's pissed off at you. I'm leaving. People think, like, being a drug addict's a choice. And I guess maybe at the beginning, making those stupid decisions, sure, yeah, it's a choice. But it's almost like I could tell you right now, if I never touched heroin or oxycontin, I would have been an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was never, it was never going to not be. It was, it was always going to happen. I think it was going to be something. Yeah, like um, when, like I said, well, I think our family's predisposed to it. Um, definitely my side of the family, you know. And so I don't I don't think it's really a choice, but at some point you, you do make that decision, I guess. But I don't think being a drug addict is a is a choice. Like I so I never sat say? there shooting heroin and being homeless and was like, I don't know, this is what I like. Yeah, that's why they say it's a disease. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely I, I would go with it's a disease. There's a lot of people out there that like talk out against it. Like, you know, why are we giving the locks into drug addicts and not diabetes, which is a good question, but not the right question. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for educating me. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, still, it is very admirable that you were able to come from so low. Yeah, I'm super proud of myself, like I said. Yay. Um, Say it again. Say it again. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I'm sure you're mom. I don't think I've ever actually said that before, that I'm proud of myself. What's... Well, do you think you're, like, do you think you're going to be telling all this stuff to your kid one day? Probably, yeah. Do you think knowing what you know now, it's going to, like, are you better equipped as a parent to deal with this this side of it? Like, I hope so. You know, you like my mom, like my mom, my mom probably dabbled in drugs when she was a kid, right? But I was her baby boy. And so I remember at one point my, my uh, sister told my mom, he's doing drugs. And she's like, he smokes weed. And my, it's just weed. And my sister's like, no, he's doing drugs. And she was like, I would know if my son's doing drugs. Because you're blind as a parent, you know, you don't want to think that. And so I just hope that's not me. I hope I like, I can see past it because with, you know, my family line that there's a high chance my kid's a drug addict. I feel like you'd be able to recognize the signs though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. But, uh, but I think like knowing what you know now, do you think you'd be able to better educate your kid before like it even got to that point? Um, yeah, I've already even, uh, my niece, I, uh, she is... 11? 11 or 12? She's 11. Somewhere around there. Yeah. She's like my favorite person. I can't remember her age. And uh, I've already sat down and talked to her about drugs. Wow. Because, I mean, I was, I tried weed before, you Fourth know. in fifth grade, right? Yeah. For her age when you, when you tried weed. Oh, no. So she's, she's, uh, how old are you in seventh grade? She's in seventh grade. You're 12. 12. Yeah. So, yeah. I was around her age when I first started, you know, trying drugs. So I've talked to her. I mean, I haven't gone into depths of like my past. Right. The, the nitty gritty details. Yeah. She doesn't need that stuff. But uh, I've definitely sat down and been like, you know, this shit can ruin you. Wow. Do you still have 
like even after all these years, do you still have like that that itch or that temptation at all? No, I mean like I'll uh, it'll pop into my head every once in a while. Like, man, that sounds nice, you know, mm-hmm. like sitting down and shooting a little bit of heroin and just chilling out for the weekend. Just a couple of arm beers with the boys. Yeah, a couple of arm beers with the boys. But it's uh, like it pops in there, but it's never like uh, like I wouldn't say it's a temptation. It's just uh. I think that drugs ingrain in your brain so hard that it's probably never going to go anywhere. So it's like it's it just pops in like any random thought. Yeah, does. yeah, it's and like a random able, thought that it, it you doesn't know, take over. No, no, I wouldn't say it takes over. It's just like one of those you know everyone has little random thoughts that pop into their head. Like you'll be at work and be like, "Man, I kind of want a beer." Uh, yeah, for me, it's you know heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want some heroin, but it's just. Do, it sounds like it's something you'd be like, huh, that's funny. Yeah, get, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you little a, rascal. It's not really a temptation. I mean, I've been um, around uh, hard drugs in my sobriety. Um, I never felt the need to do them. Actually, being around it makes me be like, ooh, I don't want to be that guy. Because <laughs> you're on the outside now. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not. I'm on the outside looking in instead of being on the inside looking out. So because you still have those thoughts once in a while, is that why you... St- People will always say like, oh, I'm always an addict because of those type of thoughts. Because I know when I asked you to be on the podcast, I used the word ex-addict. And you're like, oh, no. Like, you corrected me. Like, I'm not an ex-addict. Like, I will always be an addict. Yeah. And, like, even to this day, I I still have that addictive personality where uh, either I'm all in or I'm all out. That's true. You do get it all in on Warframe. Yeah. I went all in. (laughs) Video games now. Where's that plat? Uh, okay. Well, before we, you know, finish up for today, do you have any like words of wisdom for anyone that's maybe struggling right now with any kind of addiction or anything you could say that, that might help someone out? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're, uh, you're out there doing drugs and, uh, just like everyone else, I felt like it was not possible. Like there's, I can't get clean. That shit's too hard. But all you do is ask for help, man. Just go out and ask. You can ask just about anyone for help. Anyone in your family. I'm sure anyone in your family is willing to help you. If not, there is so many resources out there. All you have to do is a quick Google search and there's help out there. And it's possible for anybody. Wow. Okay. Strong words. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Justin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your very personal stories about, about your life. Yeah, thank you for being so open. Always open. <laughs> I got to bleep out a few names, so. <laughs> my, bad. My, my, my bad. My bad, friends. <laughs> I asked them to bleep you. <laughs> Except for Kyle. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.